the Application Security Podcast. Here we go. On this episode of the Application Security Podcast, Robert and I are joined by Tracy Mayleaf. Tracy is in the middle of an interesting transition in her career. She began her career focused on the library sciences and is currently in the process of making a move into information security. So we had lots of questions for Tracy about what type of things does somebody have to worry about when they're doing a transition like this? How do you get out and network and connect with people? Is there a process that you can go through? And then she finishes with three actionable things for those who are transitioning into information or application security. This will definitely be worth your time to listen to and understand. So please enjoy. All right, today we are joined by Tracy Mayleaf, who's going to talk to us about her career and how she's entered and joined the world of information security. So, Tracy, if you would start us out by explaining to us your superhero origin story or how did you end up doing something in the world of information security? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So my story begins on a train. I was commuting in and out of the city, and I was a librarian. I worked at law firms as a librarian uh, for about 10 years. I have a master's degree of library and information science, and I'd worked really hard to get to the office with the window and a door and things like that. But I was crying because, you know, I was tired of of hitting my head on the ceiling and it's not the glass ceiling that you hear about. It was more like an opaque ceiling. I had no upward mobility. There was no el- nowhere else for me to go. I already reported to the director and I already done a lot of work, uh, you know, widespread work in that field. And, you know, I'm spending these times commuting in and out to of the city to a job that I didn't really care for anymore. I loved the firm, but the job wasn't challenging me anymore. So I started to think back to what in my life, uh, not just school, but but work, had brought me joy and thought about it. And I realized that it was anything to do with computers. It was I was the one uh, attempting to fix the computer at past jobs or uh, one case, time when I was in college, I worked in an applied research laboratory in the, the 90s and found some back-channel email that nobody knew existed. And, you know, kind of getting into things that maybe I shouldn't have gotten into. Uh, so it all started to come back to me of, okay, well, I don't know why I never pursued it, but I'm at a, a standstill now. So let me kind of dip a toe back into tech world to see if it's something that still brings me joy. So I signed up for a lot of those meetup.com events and girl develop it and went to a lot of coding classes and a lot of front end development classes. And it, I just quickly realized it wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. And I started to despair because I thought, oh, I didn't realize that there was a greater world out there. I didn't quite really understand about security yet. So I really started to despair because I thought, oh, this isn't 
you know, my thing, I'm not liking this, but I'm, I still need to do something. So it was a friend who was a longtime sysadmin who had recently transferred into security, you know, said to me one night over beer, you know, let me tell you about what I do in a day. <laughs> and he told me about his job and being the librarian that I am, I took a very methodical approach to setting up alerts about security news and, you know, looking into journals and publications about information security. And I was smitten, like, oh, that's when I had the light bulb over my head of, oh, my natural paranoia and distrust of things is a career path. This is fantastic. <laughs> so I, that's when I started to, you know, I stopped going to the front end development uh, meetups and things like that and started to focus more on security. And then that's when I started to have revelations about how I have all these transferable skills. I mean, promoting a culture of security isn't that much different in in many ways to promoting a culture of copyright compliance <laughs> within an organization because uh, if you do either one poorly you get into trouble uh, so the you know it's not exactly the same but it's similar enough and I just think that whole outreach to users and understanding the user but also being able to communicate between departments as I've realizing that I had all these skills that could apply into InfoSec world. Uh, so I just started to throw myself more and more into that. I took classes through the Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu. I dove into uh, Network Plus. I haven't, I'm still, I haven't yet passed it, but I'm still, you know, getting knowledge about it, uh, you know, working on that, getting, getting that together. Um, going to every security con that I can possibly get into. I actually just presented this past weekend at B-Sides Philly. That was my first ever real security conference presentation. Oh, cool. I, Congratulations. I, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was uh, thrilled to be accepted. And my topic was, it wasn't a tech presentation, but it was about research. So I, I was showing people how to use social media or just general uh, open internet searching for OSINT or if you need to do phishing research or things like that. And I came about it from a whole different point of view. And as I got up there in front of this room full of, of hackers, I said to them, yes, I'm going to show you things that you probably can write a Python script for. And that's great. But I'm going to show you a different way to do things that's a little bit more organized because you're not dealing with a data dump. You're dealing with already formatted information. So I think by diffusing that right away, I was able to get this tech crowd on my side that I wasn't trying yeah. to tell them what they were doing was wrong. It's just I'm going to show you a different way and a different approach. And here are some resources you probably never heard of that that will help. So uh, I've received tons of positive feedback about it. So I'm really pleased. So that's, you know, in a, in a like Brazil nut size nutshell, <laughs> that's kind of how I got to, to here. I was just, I was discontent where I was, you know, I wanted something that brought me, you know, me passion and joy and I had to think about what that was. And then I tried it and there were some front end development classes that I just walked out of. There was a Ruby on Rails class that I sat in and I think I paid $25 and I was there for maybe half an hour or less. <laughs> and I don't know that I've made it to a half an hour, but I sat there and I thought to myself, I'm okay 
to spend $25 to rule this out of my life. That's how I looked at it. Not wasting $25. That was $25 well spent for me to just cross that off and just know I don't want that as part of my life. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty cheap investment to, to be able to say, okay, you know, Ruby on Rails is not for me. So I think that's really worth it. It's a worthwhile type of thing. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I try I tried everything that was low cost or free just so I could have a sampling. And yeah, and there and I had very little skin in the game. So yeah, if I went to something and I didn't like it, then I just left. And then I could cross that off and go to the next one. So again, and I'm not disparaging front end development or no. coding or anything like that. It's just not for me. Um you know, I now I do like Python, um, but just yeah, the front end side I it, it's just not my not my jam. I think yeah. security is more my, my jam. <laughs> so from so from your previous job, then did you did you still like doing the work, or did you reach? Was the work still good, or did you get to the point where you really didn't enjoy doing the work, and there was no other place to go? That's a complicated question. <laughs> I I didn't enjoy the work. I. I just feel like there was more that I could have done that I wasn't being able to do because, you know, we had a large staff and, you know, things were other people's jobs. So, th- you know, things like that. I just think that, you know, I outgrew my position. Okay. So it was, it was, it was the, the ultimate reason was there was really no place else for you to go inside of the organization. Correct. And I did look out words and I did get offers from other law firms but honestly it was more of the same and I wanted something different and you know what really got me excited about security and the opportunities for me is on a whim I emailed the CIO of the firm that I was at and I asked what the firm was doing for cybersecurity awareness month and told him that this is, you know, security has become my quirky hobby and I have some ideas and I'd like to help. And so his response was, okay, well, what you got, (laughs) you know, and I had a presentation all ready to go. So I just emailed it. And the response was, I like all of this. We're doing all of it and you're in charge. So they had me, they had marketing and someone from IT coordinate with me and I created these infographics that went out firm wide last October and they, you know, let me get involved with that, which was great and speaks volumes about the inclusiveness of the firm. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity. It's just that when November 1st happened, I emailed the CIO again and said, okay, well, we had a successful cybersecurity awareness month. What can I do next? And that really wasn't my role. Like I said, I was in the library. So, I mean, he was very nice and just said, well, great, you can do it again next year. (laughs) And I just, like, the joke that I made on another podcast I did was, you know, I tasted the blood of InfoSec and I wanted more. Like, (laughs) I was like, no, I'm in too deep now. Like, I can't wait till next year. I can't keep going along with my other job and try to like pretend that infosec isn't out there for me so that that really got me thinking of like i need to make a change and the change was i quit my job (laughs) at the law firm and i created my own business called sherpa intelligence and i take on clients to do research competitive intelligence social media 
and instruction too. I've gone to offices and instructed security people about how to do better internet searching and social media searching and things like that. And ultimately, my goal is to get a full-time job in security. Uh, but I knew that I needed some sort of buffer segue zone. And that's what 2016 has been for me is to get more involved with the community, learn more, just absorbing everything and networking and meeting people. So that's that's what I've been doing and also taking on clients and any sort of work pieces that I can as well. Yeah, and I, I see some similarities or I, I, could, I could imagine some of the folks in our audience who are not yet full-time security people, maybe they're, they're, they see security as a hobby, uh, they're a developer, maybe a tester. I, I see that there, there, there could be some things that they could apply from from what your experience has been, and I think that a lot of like a lot of people have the same challenge that you do, or you did, I should say, when you were at the law firm. And to be honest, that's the reason that I actually left my job in corporate America about a year ago at this point, because I reached the end. I, I looked around and I said, "There's nowhere else for me to go. Uh, I could be happy here for the next ten years, but there's no place else." To go and security is just such a big, you know, we have such a big need for for information security professionals across the industry. It's just a great time for people to be thinking about making that transition. So I, I think you, I think this is the right. I think you you chose the right time to jump in right now and, and go full speed. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm very fortunate in in that. Uh, the, yeah, the timing was good, and I also think the timing was good as far as inclusiveness goes. I think as far as being female and being an, a non-tech outsider, I feel like this was a good time that people are realizing that there's different skill sets that can help security. Because I, I have to imagine that if, it was, if I chose this a couple of years ago, it may have been a little bit of a rockier road. But I really give credit to the existing InfoSec professionals who have just done nothing but welcome me with open arms and they recognize transferable skills and they they the sense that i get is that people recognize that everyone has something to contribute yeah definitely definitely so you talked a lot about the different uh ways that you've networked and connected with people i'd like to explore that a little bit because on the application security podcast, a lot of times we keep coming back to these soft skill kind of things. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about technology in our 13 episodes so far. A little bit, but we're spending a lot more time talking about what are the pieces that the technical people are missing. And I think a lot of people don't really, if, if we gave them the direction that I think you've done in the last year and said, okay, you need to go network and become a member, get more involved in the community – I think a lot of the, a lot of people would stand there and look at us and go, "Okay, what do I do? <laughs> What's the first step? How do I get? How do I do this?" So, what, how would you? How would, based on your experience in the last year and and even maybe further back, how would you recommend that somebody that doesn't know anything about this idea of networking, how how should they get involved? Sure, gladly. Yeah, this is one of my areas of my wheelhouse, so I love talking about this. So, I created a separate Twitter account. I had I had been Library Sherpa ever since 2006, 2007 on Twitter. I was a early adopter. I created this InfoSec Sherpa account and I initially had in mind that it was just going to be sort of a lurker account. I went on to see, you know, search different 
different terms of security in Twitter and see who comes up and see who you, who do you see most oft, often, who's talking about this a lot. So start to follow publications. And then, you know, when you see articles, most articles now have a Twitter handle for the reporter. So follow the reporter, uh, follow the publication, and then you start to see conversations and you see people, you start to follow them and then you start to interact with them. And before I knew it, Six months later, I attended ShmooCon last year, my very first ShmooCon, and that was my very first security conference. And within an hour, I had three different people come up to me and say, oh, you're InfoSec Sherpa. I recognize you from Twitter. And that just blew my mind. But then you start talking to those people. So, okay, that that's your icebreaker. And then that turns into a conversation. And it may turn into exchange of business cards or connecting on LinkedIn. And I, I think that... What people lack if they have difficulty doing networking and connecting is I feel like you need to have a curiosity. And, you know, I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole of talking about introvert, extrovert, because I I really don't like using those terms because I feel like people use them as excuses. And I'm even talking about extroverts, too. I feel like sometimes extroverted people, not all of them, some of them can... Uh, excuse bad or rude behavior and just what you know chalk it up to be oh well I'm an extrovert I'm going to be loud obnoxious no that's not what extroverted means <laughs> and I feel and I feel like introverted people uh, sometimes use that as an excuse not to ne- network to people with people and you know why label yourself why give yourself something else to hide behind when all it is is just talking to another human yep. <laughs> and and if you're not comfortable talking in long spurts to people, then, you know, make it short spurts. Go into a room, give yourself 15 minutes, and then go take five-minute breather outside and then go back in or something like that. But anyway, back to my story is that I I am very curious about people. I love talking to people, hearing their stories, just interacting with people. So I relish those opportunities to, you know, follow someone new on Twitter if I see that they made made an interesting comment on something, or if it's a speaker that I see. Uh, I have no problem approaching a speaker after a talk. I did that actually last Thursday. I was in an event, and the speaker was this wonderful uh, person. gave it this social media security talk. I went up afterwards, and even before I could say my name, she said, "Oh." Your infosex sure. <laughs> <laughs> and bold, and then what she followed up with, "I'm a big fan," and that really just—I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't, I'm like, that's blowing my mind. But hi, how are you? So again, it's um, curiosity. Just be curious about people, and I don't mean in any like weird, creepy stalker way, yeah. but just you know, ask them what they do. You know, how did they get started? You know, most people like to talk about themselves, but again, if you can do it in a, a not an intrusive way, of you know, hey, did you know? Do you have a certain you know this? Do you have a net plus, sir? Oh, okay, great. Well, you know, what challenges did you overcome to get that, or do you think it's worthwhile for me to get that? Like, be specific. So, because I, I understand the security community, there's a lot of people very protective of what they reveal, and I get that, and I understand yep. that. So, so then pinpoint what you ask something that's not revealing about their personal life or you know very anything that would require details about what they do yeah and and you never know what's actually going to come out of that as well like as you never know i i in the last couple and actually this past week a guy that i met in line at the rsa conference two years ago 
I put something out on LinkedIn. I was looking for a, a particular consultant that could help me with a certain thing. And this guy that I met, I just met him in line. We sat together at the Innovation Sandbox for two hours of time, but still stayed in touch. He pointed me to somebody and connected me to somebody in his network who is a marketing guru who's going to help me with some things that I have to do. So the, the, the good thing from this type of an experience is that you never know how somebody's going to how somebody's going to help you or how you can help somebody else in the future based on that connection. Exactly. And the key to networking that I think that is lost on a lot of people is that, you know, think of it like a seesaw. It is a give and take relationship. When you meet someone, your very first thought would be, what can I do for them? Like yeah. as you're, you know, as they're talking to you and as you're shaking their hand and you're nodding, your brain should be going, what connections do I have? What could I do for them? Now, if you're just starting out in the industry, you may not have anything to offer, but what you can do is to check in with them per- periodically or, you know, see what they choose to disclose on social media. Again, if, they're, if they put out a call for help for something. Um, the phrase that I often use when I talk about this is cultivate your network like a garden. Mm-hmm. You know, you need, you know, don't. Don't you know? Go to someone once and then ignore them, and then go back to the, them later because those roots will have withered yep. and gone away. Don't keep going to the same plant all the time <laughs> because they're you know they're going to get angry and that plant will stop bearing fruit. And that fruit being you know any tips or resources that you know might have use for you. So you know, like take your garden pail and it comes out as a shower, right? So you just kind of check in with your network, see how things are going. Just say hi to someone. You don't even have to want anything from them or you don't even have anything to offer them. Just, hi, how are you? And especially with the holidays coming up, you can just send a happy, you know, season's greetings, happy holidays sort of thing. You know, I'm looking forward to connecting with you again after, you know, in the new year. That's pleasant enough. So that's, you know, that's a great way to get knowledge. Again, just having, you know, sitting around a coffee shop or a bar, listening to InfoSec people talk has been such an education for me. So again, even if you don't have anything to add to the conversation, just sit and listen, be respectful of, you know, of them telling stories and just listen. And that's how you, you know, you form relationships with people. So it's, you know, think of the seesaw, think of a garden, think of a way that, you know, you can help others and then, you know, and then turn, they can, they can help you. Yeah. And I think about the, when I, when I first started getting involved kind of in the, the public side of, of information security, application security, I was always thinking to myself, Oh, I can't, I can't reach out to that person. That's like a famous person. But then I had to always remind myself if the, the while these people may be famous inside of the small world that we live within, Nobody's going to see them on an airplane and go, "Oh, do you know who that is?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a small community, and I, I really, I can say in my, you know, number of years that I've been on social media here, interacting with other people around the world that are in the security industry, I, I've never had anybody just flat out say, "No, I'm, not, I can't help you. I won't, I won't, I won't, exp- I won't answer that question. I won't explain to you." Th- this is a community of people who love to share stories and love to talk and and share experiences and help mentor people. So I would tell anybody out there, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Don't and also don't be don't be upset if they don't answer right away or immediately. You might have to ping them a second time. Everybody's busy in this world. We have thousands of emails, thousands of tweets, and things, so we might miss it. But the pe- people that are in this industry, we're, we want to help other people learn and, and grow. 
Exactly. And there's, you know, again, yeah, you said exactly that. Don't, don't be, you know, upset if someone doesn't get back to you. You know, the worst that's going to happen is that they don't respond. Like when I emailed the CIO of the firm, I was expecting, you know, I thought about it, the, you know, What's the worst that could happen? And I did think, well, maybe I could, like, could I get fired for asking to help with something? Like, I don't think so. (laughs) So it's like, okay, the worst that could happen is that he just doesn't respond and ignores my email. Okay, well, that, you know, and then the best case scenario wound up happening. But, yeah, I thought through my head, what's the worst that could happen? And for, yeah, a lot of these, what's the worst that could happen is they, they don't respond. Well, then, you know then you move on or, you know, think about it more of, of computer networking for a second of, you know, there's gotta, there's gotta be another way to connect. So go to things like LinkedIn and see who that person is connected to. And you might know someone and say, Oh, do you know so-and-so? Would you mind making an introduction for me? There, I know that there are some security people that they're more apt to respond if it's someone they know, you know, sending in a referral. So, you know, think, outside the box or sit or think about it you know like some think of it like an like a computer network yep <laughs> you know the the you know uh, a you know bus connection isn't the best way to do networking you need you need a mesh or a star yep. <laughs> i told you i've been studying that plus <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to if you had to break down is there a process if we go back if we kind of move away from the networking side and start to think about preparing somebody to make a transition. If you had to break that down as a process, is, I mean, is there a, is there a series of steps that you went through that somebody else could follow at a high level? Uh, I would say, you know, going to events, you know, going to events and mingling with people who are in, in this industry. Because if you don't get any joy out of being at, a, at the event, not just the, the top, like if the topic doesn't resonate with you, and the people at the event, you know, you're not clicking with them. You know, that's one thing. That's a, a, a physical process you can go to is by going to events um, and just and reading, reading up on these, the news stories and the, the books that are out there. Because it has to come from inside you. Do you get excited reading this topic? Does this interest you more that your mind thinking of what else? Like, it really needs to be introspective. And you need to have experiences of going out and meeting people and experiencing things and, and reading these things. I mean, that's the best that I can, I can think of is because you have to have these experiences. If you go to a B-Sides event and you walk away, you know, wide-eyed and excited and filled with ideas, then that's a good, pretty good indication that you like this world. But if you come out of it uh, the opposite, then that's an indication the other way. And for me, I had that at a WordPress conference. I went last year and this I had signed up for it when I was still in my experimental phase and by the time it rolled around I was still I was sure that I was in, interested in security but I wanted to attend anyway again just to really make sure that I could cross that off and I wrote a whole blog post about this experience so I won't get into detail I can give you the link to post later but the the takeaway for that was I didn't have a great experience. I didn't click with the people at the event. I very quickly learned from them that the majority of the people I spoke to did not care about security and had, you know, just had no desire to even listen (laughs) to me, you know, say the word security or talked about it. And there was only one session that dealt with security at the whole event. 
and it just also just to see the way that people were treated there it just did not go well at all for me so I left that event but this is how I spun it in my mind of okay I don't really don't think that this world is for me I feel more comfortable at these security meetups that I've gone to. And then a month later, I went to ShmooCon and my mind was blown hmm. about how great the community was and it was the complete exact opposite experience. So again, being able to experience something is, is a pretty good indicator whether or not it's it's for you. So that I was very fortunate that I had those experiences a month apart uh, because then I didn't dwell on the negative of of that one of the first conference because then before I knew it, I was at ShmooCon and my whole world changed. So yeah, get makes, out there. Makes me mm-hmm. think of the, uh, and, and the only reason I'm thinking of this is I actually heard a, 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 somebody that I know shared this story just recently about a, this, this is the kid that goes to law school, spends $150,000, $200,000 on school, and then gets their first job and two weeks later quits as a lawyer mm-hmm. because they're like I don't I hate the law I hate this this, this is terrible why, why do I have to do this all day so that's an extreme example but I think there's some parallels that you can draw there from if you're thinking about well maybe security is something for me then I think Tracy you've given some examples of going to meetups and connecting with people feel out that environment to see if this is really before you invest your hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollars to find out you hate being a lawyer invest that some time to see do I really love security Or is there something else that I'm more passionate about? Because I'm a firm believer that if you're going to take a, you should take a job where you would do the job if they, even if they didn't pay you, because you love it so much. And I think if you have that kind of passion for whatever the the topic is that you're going after, whatever you're going to focus your career on, it's hard not to be successful if you love what you do. It's easy to not be successful if you're just going through the motions. Exactly. And I, I received some good advice from Chris Rides. He is a, a recruiter in the InfoSec field. He said to even just volunteer places at first, um, you know, if you're still trying to build your skills and also see if it's if you like it, you know, once you start networking with people, maybe they maybe they know of a of a nonprofit that, you know, you can you can spend some time with. Now, I know this is a very weird area because we're talking about security and just, you know, someone off the street volunteering, but, you know, I know that there's opportunities out there, like, or even OWASP, like volunteer to work on something with OWASP, like put yourself out there. Like you said, put yourself in a position that you would actually deal with this to see whether or not you like it. So not just a meetup where it's a more social atmosphere, but something that's as close to a work atmosphere as possible, which would be volunteering with something. And whether that be OWASP or an organization, or even if you just know enough about security to tell people about it, maybe go to your local library and ask the library director if they would like to have, you know, an evening of, you know, security. And then you could just spend an hour talking to people about it. And again, if that excites you, then maybe that helps point you in the right direction. So you need to actually get out there, have tactile experiences. You know, you need to be in there doing something. You can't just sit at home surfing and going, yeah, I think that looks okay. Because a lot of the the marketing uh, these days uh, and actually, I meant to take a picture of this. On the New Jersey Turnpike, there was a big billboard advertising cybersecurity. It was a 
some sort of technical school advertising their cybersecurity program, and I they use dollar signs for the S's in cybersecurity, <laughs> and I really took offense to that, and I, I wish I could take a photo, but I was driving, and I actually, I took offense to that. I just, I, I don't know. I'm barely in the, I consider myself barely in the industry, and I myself don't want people in it for the goal versus, like, I want you to be here because you care about what you do. Yeah. And I know that that really upsets uh, veterans if you say, you know, veterans of the industry, if you say uh, that, you know, you're just here for the money. I I have seen uncomfortable conversations, (laughs) you know, uh, unfold as people just say, oh, I'm just here for the money. But those Um, those people won't last. (laughs) They'll 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 fall out when the time when times get tough. If it's not something they love, they'll just flip to the next the next big thing. So, um, but I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't invest. If somebody asked me, if I heard somebody say they're just in it for the money and then they asked me to mentor them, I'd be like, well, (laughs) I kind of need people that are really passionate about what they're doing. that aren't just looking for dollar signs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So what, and my joke is, you know, what I lack in hardcore tech experience, I make up for enthusiasm and willingness to learn. (laughs) So I have all these other skills. It's just, I'm kind of, you know, missing some, some things there, but I am well, you know, I love to learn and I'm super enthusiastic and passionate about this. So I am using that to make my way into InfoSec world. And that's what I think everyone should have. You need to have passion and curiosity and interest. Yeah, definitely. So to kind of land the plane here on this conversation, uh, I'm thinking about what would be three actionable things that you would share with Somebody that's listening to this that's thinking, "Wow, I think I want to. I think I want to transition into security." What uh, and just get as specific as you can, so that uh, they they could potentially write this on a list and say, "I did number one, I did number two, and now I did number three, and and hopefully I have a better feeling now." Okay, uh, let me think. Number one, I would say is get involved on social media with the infosec world um so you know i would say you know infosec twitter world is very educational people share knowledge all the time so uh even if you're not interested in tweeting out just set up a twitter account you know and just so that you can see what's going on search by infosec hashtags even and just follow things uh second get out and go to to meetings, go to, you know, go to meetup.com, see what's in your area, go to B-Sides events. Again, you don't have to spend a lot of money. A lot of B-Sides are free or inexpensive. Um, and most likely there's one in your general area. So to, to the best of your ability, go to either meetups or conventions uh, as you can afford them, but go in person to experience things. And uh, lastly, I would also read a lot of just do a lot of reading and i know that i'm not saying this because i'm a librarian but um <laughs> do, you know i maybe i am um you need to do reading there's also a lot of uh you know a lot of books about the history of security uh palo alto networks for example has the cybersecurity canon which is this vetted list of books that they believe every cybersecurity and you know professional should read so there's a lot of history uh, that you need to know as well. And now I was a history major, so this definitely is coming from that point of view. You know, you 
you need to understand where security as an industry came from to really fully appreciate and get where it is now and where it's going. You need to have some sort of fundamentals. So yeah. get reading. Yeah. Get what? Reading. Uh, so I'll leave you with this last question. If you had to recommend one book for somebody. Oh, no. I was afraid you are going to ask me that. I love this question. I, I love asking people this question because I love to read. I read all the time and I like to read cross-disciplinary. I, I try to read stuff in security, read fiction, mix a lot of different things, marketing, other types of things in. So if you only, if you could only give one book, I know you'd probably want to give a stack, but if you could, I know, only, if you could I know. only give one right now for somebody who's thinking about this transition or, or wants to get into InfoSec, what, what would you recommend for them? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay. So I'm going to recommend this one because uh, a very cool guy who knows a lot about this area recommended this book to me and um, I'm about halfway through it. Um, it, Alan Friedman, he's the director of cybersecurity initiatives at the NTIA and he recommended to me the cuckoo's egg by Clifford. Oh yeah. Cool. That's a good, that's definitely a good one. That's an old, it's an old book. Yes. Well, I said history. You need to. You need to do this. So, the Cuckoo's Egg by Clifford Stoll, and it became, yeah. When I met Alan Friedman, he said that you need, you know, you need to read this book. I'm like, okay, I will get through. <laughs> so, I haven't finished it yet. I'm getting, I'm still getting through it. But um, that, if I have to pick one book, that is a book that I would recommend. Very cool. I'll, I'll have to go back and read that again. It's been probably a decade or two since I read that the first time, but it's on my shelf, still on paper. So. Excellent, uh, excellent. So, Tracy, thank you so much for your time here today. And I know we kind of went a couple of different directions, but I think this is stuff that's really going to help our audience, especially those that are thinking about a transition. So, once again, thank you, and we really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Born and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.